Tonight, church, we are coming to the Lord's table, and Jesus has left us with communion, a deeply meaningful memorial to remember both what he has done and what he has promised is yet ahead. Our focus tonight as we come to the Lord's table is not on the elements, but on what and who they represent. When we look at the book of Revelation, Revelation really is the account of the end of the world. But as you look at the book of Revelation, the focus of Revelation is not judgment. It's not the devil, it's not the antichrist or the tribulation. The focus of Revelation is Jesus. You know, church, our focus really in all things ought to be Jesus. Why do we have a missions conference? Well, because that was Jesus' mission. To seek and to save the lost. That is Jesus' commission that he gave to the church. So in missions, what is our focus? Our focus is Jesus. You think about the fact that we need to love one another and we need to love uh, those around us. What is the point of that? What is the focus of that? Our focus is not love for love's sake. Our focus is to love as he has loved. Why do we forgive? We forgive as he has forgiven. Why do we serve? We serve as he has served. Truly, the church's focus in all things must be Jesus. So let's look at him a little bit tonight. Look at verse number 5 with me. John writes, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Church, let's remember tonight, first of all, uh, that he is a wonderful king. Jesus is our wonderful king. Verse number 5 describes him as the faithful witness. In other words, Jesus is the true and honest revelation of God to us. The heavenly king has made himself known to us. Jesus is that true representative of God. He is God in the flesh for us. John chapter 1 beginning in verse number 1 we see this. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You go to verse number 14, the Bible says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the faithful witness. He is the firstborn from the dead. In other words, Jesus holds the place of priority among all who have eternal life. I love this. He is the sovereign leader of the resurrected. And he holds the power of death and hell. Revelation 1, a little bit further in this chapter, beginning in verse number 17, we see this. And when I saw him speaking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. Verse 18 says this, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and of death. I love that, church. Hey, he is a wonderful king, but fear not, because he is life. He gives life. He leads us to life everlasting. 
He is a faithful witness. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the prince of the kings of the earth. You remember in Matthew 28 when Jesus told us, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth? Jesus truly has all power in heaven and in earth. The wind and the waves obey him. The angels of heaven obey him. The devils tremble before him. Eventually, every knee will bow to him. I don't have to wonder how some election is going to turn out. I don't have to wonder and worry about how some legislature is going to vote. I don't have to fear wondering who or what is really in control. Because Jesus is my wonderful king. And church, tonight, let's stop and remember, stop and focus on the fact that Jesus is our wonderful, eternal King of glory. But that's not all He is, amen? Amen. Did you notice verse number 6? And hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, He's not just a wonderful King. He is also a wonderful friend. Jesus is our wonderful friend. You see, Jesus didn't just take what was dead and bring it to life. He didn't just take what was lost and make it found. He didn't just take what was guilty and make it righteous. He has made us kings and priests to God. Now, I'm going to tell you, it would make sense and it maybe even seem more appropriate if we were but his servants. You know, it would even make sense if we were but his slaves. But he has made us his friends. John 15 and verse 15, Jesus says this, Henceforth I call you not servants, for servants know, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. He said, but I have called you, what is it church? I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. He's made us joint heirs. He's made us to sit in the heavenlies. He's given us access to the holiest We are kings and priests. We who were dead and doomed in our sins, we who are nothing of ourselves, are kings and priests to God. He's a wonderful friend. You see, Jesus didn't just give himself for us. He has given himself to us. Think about this with me. He knows us. And yet he will never leave us or forsake us. How many of us, even with people we love more than anything in the world, how many of us, sometimes we just need a minute. I'll be back. But not Jesus. He knows us. And yet, in spite of knowing us, he will never leave us. Or forsake us. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Tonight, church, we need to stop and we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. We need to remember that he is a wonderful king. We need to remember he is our wonderful friend. But you know, that's not all Jesus is. Did you notice verse 7? 
Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. You see, he's a wonderful king, amen. Oh, come on, he's a wonderful king, amen. He's a wonderful friend, amen. But he's also our wonderful champion. He is our wonderful champion. Jesus Christ is coming again. Jesus didn't just beat sin, death, and hell and go back to heaven to enjoy retirement. He has promised that he is coming again. We see it in Acts chapter 1 in verse number 11. There the angel at his ascension made known that the same Jesus which was taken up from them into heaven shall so come again in like manner as they have seen him go into heaven. Jesus promised the end of the book of Revelation, Revelation 22 and verse number 20, he which testifieth these things saith, surely, surely, mark it down, don't put a question mark by it, surely I come quickly, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. Hey, I got good news, Jesus is coming again and when he comes again, he's going to set everything right. We know how it ends. Can I tell you tonight? Darkness doesn't win. Things look pretty gloomy on the cultural front of the world. There's all sorts of things going on. A major retailer a couple of months ago, they unveiled technology where you can now pay for things by scanning the palm of your hand. Somebody in the comment section put, I'm pretty much you guys are just looking in the Bible for things you're not supposed to do and doing them. But... Uh, <laughs> Things look mighty interesting uh, on the cultural front. I mean, sometimes the darkness can be a little bit maddening. Sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating. Sometimes it can be a little bit unsettling. But guess what? I've looked at the back of the book, and darkness doesn't win. Jesus does. Evil doesn't win. Jesus does. Suffering doesn't win. Jesus does. Death doesn't win. Jesus does. And the reality is that many people will choose to rebel until the very end. You look at the book of Revelation, and even as God is judging the earth, even as God is is sending out 144,000 evangelists throughout all the earth, that men will shake their fists and curse God. Men will refuse to obey him until the bitter end. But I know the end of the story, and we, not they, are on the winning side. What you and I are a part of cannot be silenced. It cannot be shut down. It cannot fail. Jesus promised in Matthew 16, 18 that he would build his church and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So you know what? I'm going to keep on keeping on because I have a wonderful champion on my side. He's coming. And he's going to make every wrong right. Every act of love and service will be rewarded. Jesus said in Revelation 22 in verse number 12, he said, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to his works. Our wonderful champion keeps a perfect set of books. Stop and remember tonight. That Jesus is our wonderful, soon-returning champion. He's our wonderful king, amen? Amen. He is our wonderful friend, amen? He is our wonderful champion. 
But that's not all. Did you notice verse number 8? Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. What is Jesus? First of all, church, he's our wonderful what? He's our wonderful king. king. Secondly, he's our wonderful friend. Thirdly, he's our wonderful He's coming again. Every eye will see him. Every wrong will be made right. But fourthly tonight, Jesus is a wonderful, wonderful God. He is the Alpha and the Omega Now, let me tell you what that is. The Alpha and the Omega is the beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet. And this is illustrating here that Jesus, our wonderful God, is all-wise and all-knowing. All knowledge and all wisdom is His. He is omniscient. There is nothing hid from Him. Nothing hid from Him. The glorious application here is that Jesus, our wonderful, all-knowing God, He knows. He knows your need. He knows your burden. He knows your struggle. He knows your stress. He knows your heartache. He knows where you are. He knows why you're there. Jesus, our wonderful God, He knows. But He's not only the Alpha and Omega... He's also the beginning and the ending, which is and which was and which is to come. Meaning, he not only knows all things, but Jesus is also all places. He's omnipresent. He's he's with us here, and he's with those who are sick and can't be here tonight. They're at their houses. He's with us today, but he's already in our tomorrow as the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He is all places. He is all times. There is nowhere where he is not. Time or space. Let me give you the application here. Jesus, our wonderful God. Yes, he's omniscient. He's all wise and all knowing. Yes, Jesus, our wonderful God. He knows. But Jesus, our wonderful God, he not only knows, but he's near. No matter where you are, he's near. He's a wonderful God. He's all-knowing. He's all places. He knows. He's near. But that's not all it says about our wonderful God. Did you you see the last two words of verse number 8? Saith the Lord which is and which was and which is to come. What are those last two words, church? The Almighty. Now, what does Almighty mean? Almighty, right? All-powerful. He is omnipotent. There is nothing too great for him. There is nothing too hard for him. There is nothing too small for him. He is almighty God. You know what that means? That means Jesus, our wonderful God, he is all-knowing, he is all-places, he is all-powerful. And I tell you what that means for us. That means Jesus, our wonderful God, no matter where you find yourself tonight, he knows He's near, and he's enough. He's enough. What a wonderful God we serve. You know, church, we would do well tonight to stop and focus on the fact that Jesus, 
He is our wonderful God. First of all, church, what is he? He's our wonderful king. king. Secondly, church, he's our wonderful friend. Thirdly tonight, he is our wonderful champion. Fourthly tonight, he is our wonderful God. Did you notice what I skipped over earlier in the message, though? I skipped to the end of verse number five. Let's go back there if we could. The Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Would you read the rest of the verse with me? Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes, church, he's a wonderful king. Yes, church, he's a wonderful friend. Yes, church, he's a wonderful champion. And yes, church, he is a wonderful God. But the foundation that makes all of that profitable and practical for you and I is because Jesus is our wonderful Savior. Jesus is our wonderful Savior. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Think about that. He hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Think about it with me church. The wonderful king made himself a servant. Think about it, church. The wonderful friend laid down his life for others. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 6, describes it this way. Who being in the form of God, thought he not robber to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. This is the king of the universe. This is the champion of all time. Humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. 1 Peter 2 and verse number 24 describes it this way. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. I love it. Read it with me. By whose stripes ye were healed. The wonderful champion rose victoriously over sin, death, and hell. The sweet, wonderful Savior bore our sins in His body. The sweet, wonderful Savior washed us from our sins in His own blood. And that's what tonight's all about, church. That's what mission's all about. This is what the Christian life is all about. We have life because He gave His. We know love because He showed it to us. I can rest in His kingship. I can enjoy his friendship. I can look forward to his complete and total lordship. I can give him all of my worship because he gave himself for my sonship. And church tonight, we need to stop 
and focus on the fact that Jesus is our wonderful, sweet Savior who washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's a wonderful king, amen? Amen. He's a wonderful friend, amen? Kings and priests. Wow. He's a wonderful champion. He's a wonderful God. He is a wonderful, wonderful Savior. And tonight, church, that's what we remember. His body was broken. His blood was shed that we might be saved. I'm going to go ahead and invite our youth group to join us in, and our college and career will be coming as well. We're going to turn our attention tonight, preparing our hearts to come to the Lord's table. And we come tonight, church, in one accord to partake of that which He has left for us to remember what He has done. Church, may we never forget as long as we live that His body was broken to bear my sin. May we never forget as long as we live that His red royal blood was shed to wash away my sin. He died so that we could live. And tonight as we come to the Lord's table, it's important for us to remember that this is a, is a solemn thing. It's a serious thing. It's not a somber thing or a sad thing. Jesus did not die on the cross to make you uh, feel guilty. Jesus died on the cross to remove your guilt and to set you free. And praise God that his blood will never lose its power. And so tonight we come to the Lord's table and we come with gratitude and we come with joy. But in preparation, we need to make sure that our hearts are ready. In Scripture, we are seriously admonished to approach the Lord's table with hands that are clean spiritually. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse number 26, Paul wrote this to the church of Corinth. He said, For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation or destruction to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul wrote, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And so church, tonight we don't come carelessly and we don't come with a cavalier spirit. We, we come looking to give this the appropriate weight that it deserves. And so tonight as we have reflected on who Jesus is, I think it's only fitting that we each spend some time with him before we come to his table. Hey, I want to be right with Jesus, amen? I don't want anything between me and my wonderful Savior. And so tonight, as we take some time, reflect on his sacrifice, reflect on your relationship with him, 
Find a place here at the altar or there at your pew. And let's spend some time tonight meeting with our great God.